Welcome to our online campus of Higher Vision Church. This week, we are in week two of the series, Undo. Pastor Jared is teaching us what Christ would undo in our lives. Whether you're watching on YouTube, on our app, on Facebook, on our podcast, we are glad that you are here. Let's tune into our Valencia campus. Well, it is so great to have you here. If you're a guest, I want to welcome you. My name is Jared Ming. I'm the lead pastor here. We've been in a series called, What Would Jesus Undo? Many of you know of the bracelets that people used to wear with WWJD on it. It stands for, What Would Jesus Do? It was taken from a book that was written by a pastor over 100 years ago. And um, in that book, he made this idea kind of clear. where He said, when you're in a situation of life, ask yourself the question, what would Jesus do? Well, what we're going to do today is talk about what would Jesus undo? What could he change? Last week, we learned about indifference. This week, we're going to learn about something new. But before we do that, will you do something? We have church family joining us in countries and homes around the world, places like Colorado, Texas, Sweden. Come on, will you welcome all of our church family that's joining us? Isn't that awesome? (laughs) So what would Jesus undo? Well, we learned spiritual indifference. I want to set up this week's topic with a story. How many here know that some people like to drive defensively and some like to drive fast? Come on, how many are on the defensive side? All right, how many of you are a little bit more aggressive? You like to drive a little... Okay, I'll be honest. I like to drive fast. Um, Maybe it's my personality. I don't know. But what I will say is that um, I also can drive slow too. But I I have a car that's kind of fast. It goes from zero to 60 in 5.5 seconds. And every once in a while when we're sitting at a light and, you know, there's no cars around and it's safe, when the light turns green, I hit it. And everyone in the car is like, like that and boom. Now here, let me just say, before you judge me, there is no law against how fast you get to the speed limit. Come on, how many know I'm talking about? And when I get to the speed limit, I'll turn to whoever's in the side seat, whether it's DeVette or Tanner or Hudson or someone, and I'll go, because I can. That's, That's what I say. It's fun every once in a while to drive fast. Well, I want to tell you a story about when I wasn't driving fast, I was driving slow. And I happened to be driving slow this one day. I was kind of melancholy and I'm driving down the road. And as I'm driving down the road, suddenly this person comes barreling up behind me going so fast. I think they didn't realize I was driving the speed limit. They were way above, probably 20, 30 miles an hour above speed limit. And when they get to me and they realize how slow I'm going, they have to like hit on their brakes kind of and slow down. And when they did, they gave me that universal gesture that we all know. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where they want to draw my attention to heaven. You know what I'm saying? They call it other things, read between the lines, unpeel the banana. I don't know what you call it, but this this particular lady was wanting to make sure that I knew that God was up there. Okay, we'll just say it that way. And so when she made that universal gesture, you know, I look and I realize, hey, wait a minute. (coughs) You know, I I was going slow, but I was going the speed limit. And I'm about to give her the other universal gesture. Now, it's not the bad one. It's the, you all know it, and you've all done it when you've made a mistake. Anybody here made a mistake driving? Okay, a bunch of liars. Um, <laughs> a lot of people didn't raise their hand. So um, I'm about to do the raise your hand, nod your head, which means my bad, right? Like, oh, sorry, I caught you, you know, whatever. And I'm, as I'm about to do that, <clears throat> she's frustrated because I'm still driving slow, and she can't get around me. And so she kind of speeds up, like gets close to me. (coughs) And as I'm getting ready to do my gesture, that motion, like my autonomic nervous system shut down (laughs) and something else arose inside of me. 
Now, don't be, you know, don't judge. I didn't do the gesture she did, but I did the other one. You know that is? That's the one where you're going to yell at them without making any words. You go like this. I started waving my hands in the air, waving them like I really did care. And, um, and as I'm waving my hands in the air, she could tell I was frustrated. Suddenly, the wise words of my wife, Devette, rang in my ear. What if they go to the church? <laughs> and then my awareness kicks in and I realize I'm pulling up to the stoplight to turn into higher vision. And I'm imagining that moment when we both pull into the church and park next to each other. And I got really nervous. So instead, I kind of did the, my bad. And fortunately, probably not good, but she drove on by and didn't go to church. Come another week, just not that weekend. <laughs> you see, the thing that, that I got nervous about was that she was going to see something that I didn't want her to see. And it's called hypocrisy. Come on, anybody know what a hypocrite is? What would Jesus undo? He would undo hypocrisy. So I want to read to you some verses in the Bible where Jesus talks about being a hypocrite because God wants to unknot, undo the things that we get all tangled up. My, I shared the example last week of how my wife has these necklaces and they get all tangled up and Hudson will come and unknot them. God wants to undo the things that we get tangled up in this life. I'm going to say amen to that. So I want you to stand to your feet. I want all of our uh, church family that's joining us around the country, Bakersfield, Sweden, wherever you are, Arizona. Why don't you stand? We're going to Read out of the book of Luke, Luke chapter 6. Jesus is talking about hypocrisy here. I want you to read it with me, but I'm going to read the first part, and then you're going to join me at the word hypocrite, okay? Here's what it says. Why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Now, everyone say this with me. Come on, you can say better than that. Hypocrite, keep reading. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Close your eyes. Holy Spirit, speak to us today. We open our hearts to receive what you want to say. In Jesus' mighty name. Say this with me. Say, God, undo hypocrisy in me, in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say amen. You may be seated. Man, what a great crowd this morning. Now, before we talk about hypocrisy, today I wanted to say that I'm going to ask you two questions, and then I'm going to do my best from the Bible to answer them. But before we talk about what hypocrisy is, we need to make sure we know what it isn't. So I want to define what hypocrisy is not. Hypocrisy is not the difference between what we do and what we wish we did. Let me say that again. Hypocrisy is not the difference between what we do and what we wish we did. An example would be, sometimes we wish that we don't think bad thoughts, but then we do. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or we wish that we didn't tell a lie, but then we tell a lie. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so what we think hypocrisy is, is sin, because that's sin. When you do something that's wrong, that's a sin. But hypocrisy isn't really the sin that we define in our mind. In fact, the Bible says sin is to know to do good, and then you don't know it. That is sin. So our definition of sin, doing something bad, 
as a Christian is hypocrisy, but I want to tell you that's not what Jesus defines hypocrisy as. So if Jesus doesn't define it there, now let me stop and qualify that. That doesn't mean that being a hypocrite and doing certain things as a hypocrite could be sinful. Just want to make sure you understand that. But our definition is narrowed to doing something wrong, telling a lie, watching a movie we shouldn't, right? We could go through the list. Let's find out what Jesus has to say. In fact, here's the first question I want to ask, and that is, what is hypocrisy? (coughs) Excuse me. What is hypocrisy? So I'm going to give you two answers to that word according to Jesus. Here's the first thing. If you want to know what it is, hypocrisy is about the show. Everybody say that with me. Hypocrisy is about the show. I want to go to a passage in Matthew. If you have your Bibles or your phones, go to Matthew 23, verse 25. Jesus is speaking to hypocrites, and he's telling them what hypocrisy is like. Here's what he says. Hypocrites. You notice when Jesus says hypocrites, most of the time there's an explanation point at the end. Hypocrites. Come on, listen. You're like, this is what it's like. You're like a whitewashed tomb, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. When Jesus is speaking to hypocrites, he's talking about this concept of the show. Now, I'll explain that by defining the word hypocrite. The word hypocrite in the Greek, it's the word hypocrites. Hypocrates is a Greek word, and it's an idea that those who were in Greece would understand this because they had areas where you'd go to the drama. And when you'd go to a drama, you would have actors on a stage wearing a mask. The mask that they would wear would look something like this. And they would come out and they would wear a mask. So Jesus says, you are hypocrites. You are people who wear a mask. Now, I believe there's different types of hypocrites, Christian hypocrites. Let me tell you one of, one of the Christian hypocrites. It's the angry Christian hypocrite. And when you talk to an angry Christian hypocrite, they're always upset about something or somebody. I can't believe they do that. Bless God. If they were really a Christian, they wouldn't do things like that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And when you look at them, you see the angry Christian face. They're like the brother of the prodigal son. When, they, when, Jesus, when the, the father threw a party for the son that came home, he's like, why are they having a party in there? You never did a party for me. Bless God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hypocrates wear the mask. Then there's the, we talked about them on Easter. There's the happy hypocrites. And the happy hypocrites, they're the ones that are like, well, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How are you today? Praise Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Happy. How are you doing? Well, I'm great. Everything's great. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And they wear the mask and everything is okay. Because here's the thing. Hypocrisy is not the difference between what we do and what we wish we did, right? But here's what hypocrisy is. Hypocrisy is the gap between what we show and who we are. Hypocrisy is the difference between what we show and who we are. Our public persona versus our private character. Our public virtue versus our private vices. You see, hypocrisy isn't about sin. In fact, Jesus didn't say, woe to you who drink and get drunk. Woe to you who are adulterous. Woe to you who tell lies. He never did. He said, woe to you who put on the show. You wear the mask. You see, what's interesting is when Jesus talks about hypocrisy, 
He gives some examples. In Matthew chapter 6, here's what he says. He gives three examples. He said, here's what a hypocrite is. It's the people who act like they're generous and they'll go and give to people in need, but they do it so that everybody can see them. And then people will pat him on the back and say, wow, you're so generous. Well, thank you very much. You know, we got to give to those who are in need. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord. And you do it for the show. And he says, woe to you hypocrites. Woe. For you pray publicly so that people can hear your prayers. But instead, you need to pray in private so that your father who hears you in private can reward you in private. And then he gives another example. He said, woe to you who fast and look you know, down and hungry and so that people will see how spiritual you are. Instead, don't tell anybody you're fasting. Put on good clothes. What is he saying? He's saying, woe to the show. And I got to tell you, we live in a culture right now where we've become more and more prone to hypocrisy. And the reason we've become more and more prone to hypocrisy is because now we've got a mechanism to help us even put on the mask better. It's called social media. Come on, think about it. You go out on a, on a date or, or you're at a party with your spouse and you take a picture together and you're kissing. Someone sends it to you and then you post it and you're like, I just love my honey. And then they don't know that on the other side of that post that you're sleeping in separate beds and that you're talking about divorce. You see, we live in a culture where we're going to give them the highlight reel and we're going to wear the mask and we're going to put on the show. And Jesus says, listen, don't live like people who put on the show. In fact, there was a movie out a few years ago called Lego, the Lego movie. How many saw the Lego movie? How many did not see it? Well, if you didn't see it, there's a (coughs) song in the movie. And this song, kill me. If I had to listen to this song very long, I'm ready to go to heaven. Here's how the song goes. And it's a perfect example of what hypocrisy is. Here's how the song goes. Everything is awesome. Come on, you know the song? Everything is awesome. My life is so awesome. My marriage is so awesome. My job is so, my kids are so awesome. And we put on the mask, right? And we act like everything is awesome, but Jesus says, woe to the show. Not woe to the sinner. Woe to the people who buy into this mentality that, well, I'm just going to make myself look good. And I'm going to convince everybody that everything's okay. I'm going to convince everybody. Jesus said, listen, hypocrisy is the show. And what we need to be careful of, yes, we need to not be people who sin. We need to be forgiven and all that. But here's the thing. We need to be more, I think, concerned about what are we doing with the Mistakes and challenges in our life. Are we putting on the mask? Because hypocrisy is about the show. Y'all with me? Here's the second thing we need to know about hypocrisy. What is hypocrisy? (laughs) Hypocrisy is about judging others. Hypocrisy is about judging others. Let's go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verse 41. This This is the passage we read just a moment ago. He said, why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. Notice that parenthesis again. Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Now, let me just ask a question. How many of you, when you heard we're going to talk about hypocrites today, immediately thought of five people that you wish were here? Because we all are prone to judge others. 
And part of putting on the mask is that we see their flaws, but we don't see our own. When you read this passage, here's a part of the passage that we never really think about, and that is this. Jesus makes it abundantly clear that both people in the story had something in their eye. And if you can't walk out of a service realizing that there's some things in you, not just in the person next to you who worships way too loud for you, And maybe hypocrisy has worked its way and you've started to judge others. The other big point is simply this, is that we're good, here's the other part of the story that we don't realize, is that we're good at seeing everybody else's problems and really bad at seeing our own. In other words, we all are prone to blind spots. Maybe a phrase will help explain that. Some of you, you're a little older, so you'll get this. The younger ones, you may not have heard it, but that's like when the pot calls the kettle black. Let me, let me show you. <coughs> that's when the pot looks at the kettle and says, you're black, not realizing that it is too. In other words, the, 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 the idiom is this, the pot calling the kettle black. This is saying, which, pernif- uh, which personifies kitchenware in order to make a point about hypocrisy. And it means to criticize someone for a fault you also possess. Judging others. That's what hypocrisy is. And you know, I I told you one of the big points was that we need to realize we all have a little speck, we have something in our eye, and secondly, that we're good at seeing everybody else's flaw. Here's a third part of that that we don't ever focus on. And there's a lot, how many would say that you like to help people? I'm going to say, I want to be kind and help people, right? You know what this says? That you are severely limiting your ability to help someone else if you can't let God help you with the issue going on in you. You'll never be good at getting someone to where they need to be if God can't get you there as well. Come on, that's good preaching. Amen? Now, let me just say, there's some people here today and you're feeling very uncomfortable right now. And can I tell you, that's a really good thing. You know why? Because it means that you have enough self-awareness to know that maybe there's something in your heart too. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. All right. So why does, what is hypocrisy? Hypocrisy is about the show. It's wearing the mask. Everything is awesome. And the hypocrisy is about judging others. So here's the second question I want to ask. The second question is this. Why does Jesus want to undo hypocrisy? Ever thought about it? Why is this a big deal to Jesus? Why does he want to undo it? Well, I want to give you three reasons why Jesus wants to undo hypocrisy in our hearts and in our lives. Here's the first one. To protect your reward. Everybody say that with me. To protect your reward. Now, where do we get that? Well, let's go back to Matthew chapter 6. Now, this passage we're going to read, let me set it up. We talked about it a minute ago. Remember, Jesus gave three examples of hypocrisy. One of them is if you want to be generous to someone in need, don't do it publicly so that when you do it publicly, people will look at you and go, wow, you're so generous. Don't do it for show. Don't do it to show how pious and how spiritual you are. Do it on the side. Do it quietly. <coughs> so then Jesus goes on to explain why it's so important. He says, I tell you the truth, they have received, what's the next word? Now, that, this is big, so let's go back and do it again. It says, they have received what? All. All the reward they will ever get. 
People who are hypocrites, when they do something generous for somebody else, and someone goes, hey, wow, that's awesome, that's all they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Let me explain it this way. How many here have kids? How many know that sometimes um, in life, it feels like that we have blessings and curses all in the same thing? Come on, you know, bitter and sweet. Right, kids? We love our kids. (coughs) And one of those uh, bittersweet or blessings and curses that we have now is called the cell phone. And the cell phone is awesome, right? Because you can actually go on and see where your kids are, right? Find my iPhone. If you haven't figured that out, it's a good tool. (laughs) Not only that, you could call them. I mean, that's a blessing. But how many have figured out, thank you, how many have figured out that, uh, my cough, I'm getting some help here. Thank you very much. How many have figured out that also the phone can be a curse? Right? becomes a tool where you're isolated, where, you know, we won't even go into all that. But what I will say is that one of the blessings is it is an amazing leverage tool. Come on, parents, you know what I'm talking about. Because if they're not being good, what do you do? I'm taking away your cell phone for the week. You're in timeout. How many know it is a motivating factor for children? And the reason is because kids want it, right? Well, then, what, have you ever had this happen? They go all week long being good, doing what they're supposed to, taking out the trash, not talking back. And then the night before they're supposed to get it, they do something stupid. And then what do you say? You're like, I'm sorry, but I'm not giving you back your cell phone because I'm not going to reward your behavior. The reason that God is trying to get hypocrisy out of our lives is because he wants to reward you. Did you know the Bible says that we're going to be rewarded for the good deeds we do, both on earth and the one to come? And even in this passage, he talks about it when he talks about hypocrisy. And here's basically what he's saying. He's saying, listen, I don't want you to be a hypocrite. I don't want you to judge others. I don't want you to wear the mask. And here's why. Because I want you to get your cell phone. I want to bless you both in the world to come and in this life with the things that are available to you. Now, some of you are saying, Pastor, you're taking that too far. Are you sure that's theologically correct? (laughs) Well, let's go to Revelation. You know what the Bible tells us in, in the scripture? It tells us that in the end, when we're in heaven, one day, God is gonna take our deeds, our works, and they're gonna be thrown into the fire. And when they're thrown into the fire, the Bible says that if our motive was wrong, they're going to burn up. We're going to get into heaven, but we're going to suffer loss. And what that means is we're going to get to heaven, but we're not going to get all the rewards for all the things we did because our motive was wrong. But people who did it for the right motive, who weren't hypocrites, they're going to receive a reward. Now, I don't know what the reward is in heaven. It seems like heaven is a reward enough. But there are cell phones in heaven that we know not of. There are ice creams, I believe, in heaven that we know not of. There are things that God wants to bless us with, and he wants you to get your cell phone both in this life and the world to come. So when God says, woe to the the show, woe to the judging, woe to the hypocrites, he's saying this, I love you so much that I want to bless you, and I want to give you the rewards that are available to you in this world and the one to come. Isn't that good news? 
You see, God is protecting your reward. That's why he says, let's undo hypocrisy. Can I give you another one? This is pretty profound too. Not only does he want to protect your reward, he gets rid of, un, un, <coughs> of hypocrisy to protect you. Can I show you something I've never seen before in this context? It's pretty powerful. I want to go back to Luke chapter 6. Now, let me set this up. We just read a moment ago where Jesus talks to hypocrites, and he relates hypocrites to people who are judging others, seeing the speck in their eye when they have the beam in their own. Right? But before he tells it, he says this. Now, this is pretty profound. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, because if you do, it's going to come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Or in other words, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. And then he says this, and this is the verse we talk about sometimes with finances and God's blessing in generosity, which it's, it's totally appropriate for that topic. But look at the context. Then it goes on to say, now listen, remember, if you judge, it's coming back at you. If you condemn, it's coming back at you. And then he says, give, so whatever you give out, you will receive, and here's how you're going to get it back. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and pouring into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And then he says, so hypocrites, quit looking at the speck in somebody else's eye when you have a beam in your own. Here's what Jesus is saying. Think about this for a minute. Jesus is saying, I love you so much that I don't want you to reap the wrong harvest. I love you so much that I don't want you to walk condemned because of the things you've given out. Because here's the rule of life. What you give out is coming back, and it's not coming back the way it was. It's coming back more. So I want to protect you. I want to save you. I want to bless you, but I can't bless you and save you if you're a hypocrite. Because hypocrites are giving out the wrong thing and getting the wrong thing in return. Because sowing and reaping is a universal principle. I've seen it. Several years ago, there was these pastors that were well-known on, on TV. <coughs> One of them, for several months to a year, was basically judging this other pastor. And you know what was crazy? Is that pastor ended up having the worst judgment I've seen of just about any pastor before come down on him. Because what you sow, you're gonna reap and you're gonna reap more. So God says, I love you so much, I don't want you to be a hypocrite. Because I want to protect you, and I want to protect your reward. Come on, that's good preaching, amen? Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Doesn't that make you want to say, God, I don't want to be that kind of person? Here's the last reason why Jesus doesn't want us to be a hypocrite, why he wants to undo hypocrisy. The third reason is to free you. To free you. I'm going to make a bold statement right now. You ready? Here's what it is. Jesus has zero tolerance for hypocrites, but has unlimited grace for sinners who seek forgiveness. Jesus has zero tolerance for the hypocrite, but he has unlimited grace for sinners who seek forgiveness. 
Let me show it to you in the Bible. We find it in Proverbs chapter 28. It says this, people who conceal their sin, people who wear the mask, everything is awesome. People who put on the show, people who try to show how spiritual they are, people who conceal their sin will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from their sin, they will receive mercy. You see, Jesus loves you so much that he wants you to be free, but you can't be free if you're wearing the mask. You see, he's trying to get you to be people who humble themselves. See, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And rather than trying to show how good you are, maybe what we need to do is be people who are authentic, who fall on our knees and say, God, I've got stuff in my life. Forgive me of my sin. Here's why. Because you have nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide. You have nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide. There are people that are living with fear, people that are scared to death. And I want you to know something. The Bible says, with Christ there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Jesus Christ. If you'll take off the mask, if you'll admit your mistakes, if you'll quit when you hear a message thinking about everybody else that needs to hear it, start saying, God, what are you saying to me in this moment? What do you need to unearth in me? In fact, that's what the scripture says. It tells us in Psalms chapter 139, it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Here's why Jesus doesn't want you to be a hypocrite and wear the mask. Because if we'll be authentic people who take the mask off and say, Lord, forgive me, here's the cool principle. Whatever you cover God will uncover. But whatever you uncover, God will cover. God wants to cover your mistakes. He wants to cover your sin. He wants to watch over you. He wants to protect you. He wants to bless you. But God can't forgive and heal what you're still holding on to and hiding. God can't uncover, <coughs> I'm sorry, God can't cover what you're hiding. You see, when Jesus says, woe to the hypocrites, it's because he knows the devil has lied to them. And if they can just be the hypocrite, and, we, and here's the thing, the reason I talked about this today is because we don't realize what a hypocrite really is. We think the hypocrite is the person who goes to church and then we go to some place and we see them do something wrong and we think, ah, see, you're a hypocrite. That's not hypocrisy, that's humanity, that's sin. Hypocrisy is the person who says, you're such a hypocrite. And we become the very thing that we're pointing to others for being. That's why Jesus wants to get rid of that spirit. If anything, we should look at them and go, oh man, I need to pray for them. And I'm sorry that, man, it's a bummer they're having a bad moment. God, help them to see it. Help them to grow through that. Help them to change. But I got to tell you, every time when you're in church, every time when you're in prayer, <coughs> I think what you ought to do, I think you ought to do this. When you go into your prayer closet, I think you ought to do this. Okay, God, I'm here. 
It's tough to get off sometimes. It's me, you know the one. Thinks bad things, sometimes does things wrong. Search me, oh God. Show me, oh God. God, let the pastor talk right at me, God. And turn on the spotlight so I can see what you want to cover. So God, cover me. (laughs) Oh, God, cover me with your grace.